Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency. I would just like to remind you before we start that uh, the Spectator US edition is now out. We're on to about our fourth edition now. Uh, and you can subscribe either digitally or in print or both by going to www.spectator.us forward slash subscribe. And listeners of this podcast can get a special 5% discount if they go to that page and put in the code Americano in capital letters. Please do it. Uh, I'll be humiliated if nobody does. I'm joined today by Kate Andrews, the Spectator's economics correspondent, and we're going to be asking what on earth just happened in Iowa. Now, Kate, it's uh, about 11 o'clock in the morning here in Britain. Um, 12 o'clock, sorry, time has passed me by. Spent far too long watching American television last night. Uh, and um, it seems to me we don't have any result or an even indication of what the result might be from the Iowa caucuses. What has happened? What's gone wrong? Um, and why has it gone wrong? Uh, we basically have nothing. A few precincts seem to have been able to submit their results, but you know that, that tells you nothing when you're waiting for over 1,700. It seems that trying to combine technology and updates with a fundamentally archaic system of caucuses has gone spectacularly wrong. We often talk about an Iowa upset that a candidate will manage to sneak through, do much better than expected, even win. Um, in 2016, it was not the overall winner, Donald Trump, who won Iowa but it was Senator Ted Cruz, for example. This was also an Iowa upset, but a very different type. Trying to bring in an app, it just simply hasn't worked. These precincts have not been able to report their findings from their caucuses. And so far, we are just completely in the dark about who won Iowa last night. Watching the news roll in, I was reminded of every time I've had any experience with software developers of the kind of excuses you get. And at one point, it was claimed that this was a Russian hack. <laughs> well, I've uh, seen that a lot, actually. Which is... Uh, it's <laughs> Go on the, Twitter. It's the, it's the democratic response to Indeed. any problem. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing reports now that... Um, it may indeed be the safety procedures they've tried to put in place to stop Russia hacking uh, the process that are actually causing some of the problems. Well, look, um, they were just terribly ill-prepared, weren't they? And um, Andrew Yang, the entrepreneur and Democratic contender, wrote on Twitter, it might be helpful to have a president and government that understand technology so this sort of thing doesn't happen. Yeah. Which I appreciate coming from him, especially as an entrepreneur. But I, I think, look, this is going to raise a lot of questions. First and foremost, how does this affect the rest of the primary process going forward? Nate Silver from 538 has just recently posted a blog saying he thinks it's actually going to have a huge impact because even though the 41 delegates in Iowa don't matter very much to actually winning the primary overall in terms of numbers, the media and the intention around Iowa is just absolutely massive. If you're going to have a breakthrough moment, you want to have it happen in Iowa. If you're not going to do too badly, you don't want to do too badly in Iowa. It's when a lot of candidates start thinking about dropping out, especially going into New Hampshire, where Senator Bernie Sanders is doing so well and really looks like he's going to win. For a lot of those candidates, you know, missing out on the media of Iowa could be absolutely damning. Well, let's talk about who's had a good night and a bad night as much as we can. I think that Bernie Sanders, obviously, you know, so far you might say it's been a mixed night because we were expecting him to win. And at the moment, we don't know. But I would say it's also it does play into his supporters hands in a way, because of course, their big line is that the Democratic machine will do anything to stop us winning. Their ground game in Iowa was clearly winning. You could see from all the footage from the precincts. 
And quickly, the conspiracy theories will spread that this was an attempt to sort of hijack Bernie's revolution. And as you say, if he goes on to New Hampshire to win, it may end up not really derailing him in any way. Yeah, it it may not. Although to be able to win Iowa and then New Hampshire, especially before the primaries go down south where people like Joe Biden and the polls anyway are looking to do much better. You know, if he actually won Iowa and doesn't get the credit or attention for that, that is going to be difficult for him, I suspect. So but you know, he, he certainly wasn't a loser, but he may not be a winner either. I think Joe Biden may turn out quite lucky from last night. It turns out he did not do so well at all, even though the polls had him just trailing Bernie Sanders. The speculation anyway is that it's going to come out a lot worse for him. Obviously, we don't have the results, so we are speculating. But We we don't have the results, but it does look like Biden is the loser of the night at the moment. This could all change. But I mean, from the limited results we have, he seems to be on about 6%. Mm. Uh, That will presumably go up. But Mm -hmm. we know from various precincts that um, he was not reaching the 15% threshold to to become a candidate a candidate that can be caucusing. I think it looks like his candidacy, it's been said for a long time that his candidacy would sort of melt upon contact with reality. It took a lot longer for that to happen than we thought, but that looks like it might now be happening. I'm not totally convinced because Joe Biden's never done well in Iowa. Let's not forget this is his third try running uh, for the nomination of the Democratic Party. And and Iowa's never been kind to him. And New Hampshire was always going to be a tough sell with Bernie Sanders there. So I think it's going to be Super Tuesday in March where we see exactly what Biden can and cannot do. Although I very much like your theory this morning, Freddie, about um, somebody else who might theoretically have had a good night last night, despite the fact that they weren't even running. Yes, my, well, my idea is that Mike Bloomberg is the big winner of, of last night because uh, he's not in last night's race. So I think, um, you know, if if you are if you want to win a shambles, the best way to win it is to be as far away from it as possible. <laughs> so by that rationale, Bloomberg is winning. And in fact, his very, very late strategy, which seemed like a terrible gamble, is suddenly starting to look quite sensible. And if Biden has performed as badly as some people think, it looks as though you're setting up this situation now where you'll have the billionaire... Bloomberg willing to throw up to two billion at winning this primary, and and versus the socialist. Mm. So that will be quite an interesting and clear clash of two different visions of the Democratic Party. It would be fascinating, but I wonder if there's a step in between there, because in places like Iowa and New Hampshire, we've seen sort of the um, standoff of the socialist. I mean, I don't think Joe Biden ever thought he would necessarily be hugely successful in either of those places. If we then go down south and Bloomberg starts to really try to get into this race, we may see the standoff of the centrist. And I should caveat that I wouldn't normally call either of these men centrist, but given where the rest of the Democratic Party is and their candidates, they are certainly more to the center. So we might see that standoff before before you actually get the battle of ideas. One other person we should flag up who I'd say is most vulnerable is Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, who declared victory. Yes, he wins my plonker, plonker of the Night award. It, well, in, well it, it hasn't gone down great. Mayor Cheat is uh, trending <laughs> in the USA. Now, if he does happen to win, pull a win out of the bag, then I guess it will be a success. But it's, you know, he's very vulnerable right now, just in case he didn't. I think if I can mount a sort of pathetic defense of Pete, uh, I do. think he sort of had to make a victory speech because he's put his whole campaign on winning Iowa or performing strongly in Iowa. And given that it was such a shambles, he had to occupy as much of the airwaves as he possibly could. And by coming out and making seemingly a victory speech, it didn't look like he'd changed the text much to adapt to circumstances. He did hog up quite a lot of the airtime and get he his did. message across. However, as you say, Mayor Cheat <laughs> is, is not a good 
slogan for him. And also it turns out that the people who apparently built this disastrous app that caused all the problems also did the tech for his campaign. So there might even be a conspiracy uh, there. Layers upon layers. But I suppose the biggest loser of the night is really Iowa's Democratic Party that thought it was okay to roll out this tech, which clearly had not been tested appropriately and was not ready to be rolled out. And I mean, there could there could really be mass consequence for the Democratic Party for having done this. And not simply just another excuse for the president to tweet out mean things about the Democrats, which obviously he did first thing. He was quick off the draw. <laughs> he was. He considers it a win for him. But I mean, it is interesting, isn't it, that you have this kind of, I think, rather beautifully beautifully archaic caucusing process, which has is, is sort of prone to corruption mm-hmm. uh, and has always been the subject of suspicion. But then if you combine that with a sort of half-hearted attempt at reform following 2016, initiated by Hillary Clinton, and then a sort of very bad piece of technology, you have kind of democratic failure. Mm-hmm. And you've let down the people who take the hours to come out and caucus, because for listeners who don't know the difference in a primary vote, it's very similar to a general election vote. You go, you cast your private ballot, you're in, you're out, you're done. But in a caucus, you're getting together with other other party members in gymnasiums and libraries and churches, and you're trying to convince each other who to vote for. I mean, it's a, it's a meaningful process. I think one of the reasons Americans have put up with it or kept it around for so long, albeit in relatively small states where the actual number of delegates you get doesn't matter as much, is because there is something very historic uh, and almost quite emotional and and in some ways democratic about it. But, you know, when you see it go so badly wrong like this, inevitably people are going to start to ask questions about whether or not this is fit for purpose. There was apparently a conference call between various parties and the Iowa Democratic Party, which ended in the Democratic Party phone being hung up uh, on the candidate because everybody was so angry. There's going to be a lot of ill will. And this could, as Nate Silver suggested, this could actually affect the rest of the campaign because there'll be legal fights, presumably, mm-hmm. down the line. There'll be a lot of resentment and conspiracy theories as to as to what actually happened. Well, at this point now, if Bernie Sanders, say, doesn't get the nomination overall, which is still an uphill battle for him, regardless of whether he won Iowa or not, I think a lot of those Bernie bros will be saying, you know, how could it go so badly wrong you wanted him to lose? And it's, it's already all, all over social media. The implication is that this can't have gone wrong accidentally. I think probably reflective of the fact that trust is at an all-time low in America, especially when it comes to politics. Really poor timing for the Democrats not to have their act together. Yes. Let's talk about Elizabeth Warren because she's smiling at the moment. Yeah, she is. Uh, I mean, the very early indications are that she might come second, which will mean... I mean, the, the theory was that if she came second tonight... Her narrative of success would be right back on having had, had after she had quite a bad few weeks. If she does indeed come second, that does put her back in the race, doesn't it? It certainly would. But I think what she benefits from, certainly if she comes second, is something that they all benefit from slightly, which is that this is now a write-off. Iowa, which is supposed to separate the winners from the losers in a very obvious way, has basically become a write-off. By the time we get the results, most of the candidates will already be in New Hampshire, refocusing their efforts there. Uh, And it's given them all at least an extra week, if not longer, to stay in this race and keep campaigning. Now, I think there's one person that's particularly good for, and that is Joe Biden, because he's continuing to see the benefits of the split between, say, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, who share a lot of the same views and perhaps voters would go for either if one of them weren't there. So yes, it is good news for Elizabeth Warren, but I think it's good for Mayor Pete. I think it's good for quite a few of them, actually, that they can just say, we get another week. And a week in politics can be a long time. 
We'll end on that ever true note. Thanks very much, Kate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Americano. And I'd like to encourage you all to give us your feedback, positive comments or constructive comments only, please, to podcast at spectator.co.uk and say anything you like there as long as it's reasonably polite. Thank <laughs> you.